Shalom, shalom. Welcome, welcome, world changers. Here is another session in reading the scriptures, in fellowshipping. We got some Q&A going on as well. Tonight, we're going to read Jeremiah chapters 35 through 40. Several different events happen through there. We're going to read that. We're also going to touch on uh, Psalms, Psalm 74 and Psalm 79. Anbu says, uh, what do you think about birthday celebrations? You don't want to celebrate it? Fine. I say, like, for example, let's just say someone is 20 years old. I always say, well, you're 20 years, nine months old. Or you go to a birthday for a child or something. A child is like, you know, five years old. You know, uh, I would say, well, that child is five years, nine months old. <laughs> um, the only reason is because the only thing I see apart from, you know, it's not good to to be material. Like, I think a really good birthday, and I've seen this celebrated like this before, where birthdays are not times of receiving gifts, but rather times of going out and blessing people. I've seen, I've known people who celebrate birthdays like that. They say, okay, okay, little Johnny boy, you're seven years old. It's your birthday today. You know what you're supposed to do on your birthday? Yeah, we're going to go find someone who needs to be blessed. And we're going to go and we're going to talk to them, go to the, uh, go to the uh, you know, convalescent home or the old age home, as you would call it, uh, the retirement home and find, find a lonely you know, widow or, you know, a lonely old gentleman and, and just talk and, and bless him. And, you know, these people are starved for someone, especially children to come in and, you know, and to, um, to have a conversation with them. And to them, it's almost like an angel comes, you know, it, they are so, uh, lonely. Um, you know, I've, I've known people that to do that, you know, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, it's not good to, you know, be material minded, like, you know, like always give me, give me, give me, always receiving. Um, other than that, the only thing that I say about birthdays is it should be clear, it should be clear that a birthday is only a birthday, not, it's like, well, you, you just turned, you know, two years old. You just turned four years old. It's been four years since you came into the world. No, it's been four years, nine months since you came into the world. Um, that's it. Uh, that to me, in my opinion, the biggest problem with birthdays is is because it, it's misleading in the sense that it makes someone feel like they're you know they're they're a certain age. It basically it discounts the um, the time they spent in the womb. That is the worst part of birthdays, as far as I'm concerned, is um, unless you make it clear, hey, you know what, this is, you know, yeah, it's your third birthday, but you're not three years old, you are three years, nine months old. Uh, that way you do not ignore the life in the womb. So very good question. Cat Cool says, why why was the cloth in the temple ripped the I assume you're talking about the uh, the veil um, there is conflicting stories about that I'm not sure if you're aware uh, like one of the gospels says that it was ripped after uh, Yeshua passed away another one said it was ripped before Yeshua passed away 
And there are different theories about that. I do not, I do not agree with the theory, the common famous theory that the veil was ripped for ever, just so, you know, so you, now that, you know, now that Jesus died, he shed his blood and now your sins are forgiven. Now you just, now you just have free walk into the temple. Now you can just, it just means that anybody can just go into the Holy of Holies. Wrong. That is so wrong because that's against God's, that's against the Torah. Uh, it says very clearly only the high priest go, goes in there. Um, and I understand why that was fabricated. Uh, it was fabricated just to, again, prop up this whole, prop up the doctrine uh, of modern corrupt Christianity. So um, I do not buy into that theory. Not only because it's against the word of God, but also because nobody ever did. I mean, if if that was true, if that was true, th like, let's think about this for a second. If that theory was true, that the veil was ripped just so anybody can run, can just run on into the, you know, to the mercy seat, whatever you want to call it, whatever. If that was true, why is it that nobody did? Nobody did. As far as we know, historically speaking, absolutely nobody did. Nobody out of the umpteen thousands or even millions, I don't know how many that were around that area at that time, especially at Passover, nobody before or um, nobody happened, nobody did that then or in the book of Acts, no one, nowhere, nobody. In the book of Acts, it seemed like it was, it was just business as usual. Given, okay, so I'm just trying to think of a way to answer this. I want to be accurate here. Let's, Let's say that the that the that the tearing of the the veil is a factual historical thing and not just a, a, the, a, a theological thing that was put in. And the reason why I say this is because there are contradictions in the scriptures regarding it. So we can't really. F I don't think it's a good thing to put too much focus on that event because of the fact that there are contradictions amongst the Gospels on that. Having said that, let's just assume it happened. <laughs> when did it happen? It depends which Gospel you want to you go by, okay? Um, okay, let's just say it happened. If it happened the way it is portrayed in the Gospels, the reason why would be, I believe, God saying, I'm angry. I'm angry with your sin. I'm angry with what you did, and uh, I am not accepting your sacrifices. I think I think that is much more in line with the Tanakh as opposed to the common corrupt Christian doctrine. Uh, thank you very much, Cat uh, Cool, for asking that. That is a very very good question. Okay. I don't see anything more uh, labeled at Christopher. I'm going to get on to reading the scripture. So we're going to read Jeremiah chapter 35 through 40, Psalm 74 and 79. And as always, after the reading, um, I'll jump right into the live chat and answer your questions some more. Okay, guys. All right, let's start. This is Jeremiah or in the Hebrew, Yahu chapter 35. 
verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, son of Yosef, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites and speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. So I took Yazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the uh, son of Habazaniah, and his brothers and 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 all his sons and all the household of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, the man of God, which was next to the chamber of the officials, which was above the chamber of Messiah, interesting name, Maasiah, Maaseiah, the son of Shalom, uh, the doorkeeper. Then I set before the men of the house of the Rechabites pitchers full of wine and cups, and I said to them, Drink wine. And they said, We will not drink wine, for Yonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall not drink wine, you or your sons, forever. You shall not build a house, you shall not sow seed, nor plant a vineyard, nor own one. But you shall live in tents all your days, so that you may live many days in the land where you live as strangers. And we have obeyed the voice of Yonadab, the son of Rechab, uh, our father, in, in all that he commanded us. Not to drink wine all our days. We and we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters. <coughs> Excuse me nor to build ourselves houses to live in, and we do not have a vineyard, a field, or seed. But we have lived only in tents and have obeyed and have not done, excuse me, have done according to all that our father Yonadab commanded us. However, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the land, we said, come and let's go, let's go to Jerusalem away from the army of the Chaldeans and the army of the Arameans, so so we have lived in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, Go and say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not accept instruction by listening to my words, declares the Lord. The words of Yonadab, the son of Rechab, have followed, have been followed, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine. And they do not drink wine to this day, for they have obeyed their father's command. But I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not listened to me. Also, I am to you all my servants, the prophets, sending them again and again, saying, Turn now every person from his evil way and amend your deeds, and do not follow other gods to worship them. Then you will live in the land which I have given you and, and to your forefathers, but you have not inclined your ear or listened to me. Indeed, the, son of, the sons of Yonadab, the son of Rechab, have followed the command of their father, which he commanded them, but this people has not listened to me. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, the God of armies, the God of Israel. Behold, I am bringing on Judah and on all the 
the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the disaster that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, but they did not listen. And I have called them, but they did not answer. Then Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Because you have obeyed the command of Yonadab, your father, kept all his commands, and done according to all that he commanded you, therefore this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Yonadab, the son of Rechab, will not lack a man to stand before me always. It's, this is a very interesting chapter in that we have God commanding them to drink wine, and, and the, they said, no, we're going to obey our father, and it's like God gets angry because of that. Very interesting um, scenario here. Jeremiah chapter 36. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll, in the footnotes, a scroll of a book, and write on it all the words which I spoke, which I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the nations from the day I first spoke to you, from the days of Josiah, even to this day. Perhaps the, the, the house of Judah will listen to all the disaster which I plan to carry out against them so that every person will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their wrongdoing and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Nariah, and Baruch wrote on a scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken to him. Now, at the dictation in the footnotes, literally from the mouth of uh, Jeremiah. By the way, uh, Lord willing, after we read Jeremiah, we will get into the books of Baruch, at least the books that are ascribed to him. Just a little footnote there. Um, verse 5. Jeremiah then commanded Baruch, saying, I am restricted. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. So you go and read from the scroll, which you have written at my dictation, the words of the Lord to the people at the Lord's house on the day of fasting. And you shall also read them to all the people of Judah who come from their cities. Verse 7, perhaps the pleading, their pleading will come before the Lord and everyone will turn away or turn from his evil way. And there's, there's the, again, this is, this is the most important thing. Everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and the wrath that the Lord has pronounced against this people. So Baruch, the son of Noriah, acted in accordance with all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading from the book, the words of the Lord in the, in the Lord's house. Now in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, all the people in Jerusalem and all the people in and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. See this uh, very, very good idea. Verse 10, then Baruch read to all the people from the book of from the book, the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord, in the chamber of 
Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, in the upper courtyard at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. Now when Micaiah, or yeah, Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard all the words of the Lord from the book, he went down to the king's house in the scribe's chamber, and behold, all the officials were sitting there, Elishama the scribe, Delia, excuse me, Del Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, Elnathan, the son of Akbor, Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, Zedekiah, the son of, or Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. And Micaiah declared to them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read from the book to the people. Then all the officials sent Yahudi, Yahudi, that's a, um, actually it means Jew. Yahudi, the tribe of Judah. Yehudi, the son of Nathaniah, who was the son of Shalamiah, the son of Cushi, to Baruch, saying, Take in your hand a scroll from which you have read to the people and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took, took the scroll in his hand and came to them. And they said to him, Sit down, please, and read it to us. So Baruch read it to them. When they had heard the words, they turned in fear one to another, and they said to Baruch, We will certainly report all these words to the king. Then they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us, please, how did you write all these words? Was it at Jeremiah's dictation? And Baruch said to them, He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them with ink on the book. Then the officials said to Baruch, Go, hide yourself, you and Jeremiah, and do not let anyone know where you are. So they came to the king in the courtyard, but they had deposited the scroll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king said, uh, sent Yehudi to get the scroll, and he took it out of the chamber of Elishama the scribe. And Yehudi read it to the king, as well as to all the officials who were standing beside the king. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month with a fire burning in the brazier, brazier before him. And when Yehudi had read three or four columns, the king cut it with, with a scribe's knife and threw it into the fire that was in the brazier until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. Yet the king and all his servants who heard all these words did not tremble in fear, nor did they tear their garments, even though Alnathan, Del Deliah, and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll. He would not listen to them. And the king commanded Yeremiel, the, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azriel, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, to seize Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord hid them.
Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll on the words and the words which Baruch had hidden at the dictation of Jeremiah, saying, Take again another scroll and write it on all write, excuse me, write on it all the previous words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you, you shall say, this is what the Lord says. You have burned this scroll, saying, why have you written on it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and will make mankind and animals disappear from it? Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He shall have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be thrown out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will also punish him, his descendants, and his servants for their wrongdoing. And I will bring on them the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the people of Judah, all the disaster that I have declared to them, but they did not listen. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, the son of Neriah, and he wrote on it all the at the dictation of Jeremiah, all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And many similar words were added to them. Jeremiah chapter 37. Now Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had made king in the land of Judah, reigned as king in the place of Koniah, the son of Jehoiakim. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land listened to the words of the Lord, which he spoke through Jeremiah the prophet. Yet King Zedekiah sent Yahukal, the son of Shalemiah, and the priest Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Please pray to the Lord our God in our behalf. Now Jeremiah was still coming and going among the people, for they had not yet put him in prison. Meanwhile, Pharaoh's army had set out from Egypt, and while the Chaldeans who had been besieging Jerusalem heard the report about them, they withdrew from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. This is what you are to say to the king of Judah, who sent you to me to inquire of me. Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come out to help you, is going to return to its own land of Egypt. The Chaldean, then the Chaldeans will return and fight against this city, and they will capture it and burn it with fire. This is what the Lord says. Do not deceive yourselves, saying the Chaldeans will certainly go away from us, for they will not go. For even if you had defeated the entire army of, of Chaldeans who were fighting against you, and there were only wounded men left among them, each man in his tent, they would rise up and burn this city with fire. Now it happened when the army of the Chaldeans had withdrawn from Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's army, that Jeremiah left Jerusalem to go to the land of Benjamin in order to take possession of some property there among the people. While he was at the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the guard, whose name was Uriah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah, was there. And he arrested Jeremiah the prophet, saying, 
you are deserting to the Chaldeans. But Jeremiah said, a lie. I am not deserting to the Chaldeans. Yet he would not listen to him. So, Iriah arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. Then the officials were angry at Jeremiah and they beat him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan's or Jonathan's Jonathan the scribe. For they uh, for they had made it into prison. For Jeremiah had come into the dungeon that is the vaulted cell and Jeremiah stayed there many days. Now King Zedekiah sent men and took him out. And in his palace, the king secretly asked him and said, Is there a word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. Then he said, You will be handed over to the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said to King Zedekiah, In what way have I sinned against you or your servants or this people that you have put me in prison? And where are your prophets who prophesied to you, saying the king of Babylon will not come out or come against you or against this land? But now, please listen, my lord, the king. Please let my plea come before you and do not make me return to the house of Jonathan the scribe so that I will not die there. Then King Zedekiah gave a command and they placed Jeremiah in custody in the courtyard of the of the guardhouse and gave him a loaf of bread daily from the from the baker's street until all the bread in the city was gone so jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guardhouse jeremiah chapter 38 again for those of you who are joining us new i'm going to read to jeremiah 40 a couple psalms then we'll get into the into the live chat to answer your questions and comments. Jeremiah chapter 38. Now, Shephatiah, the son of Matan, Gadaliah, the son of Pashur, you'll call the son of Shalemiah, and Pashur, the son of Malkiah, heard the words that Jeremiah was speaking to all the people, saying, This the Lord says, anyone who stays in this city will die by the sword, by famine, or by plague. But anyone who surrenders to the Chaldeans will live and have his own life as plunder and stay alive. This is what the Lord says. This city will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon and he will capture it. Then the officials said to the king, Please have this man put to death since he is discouraging the men of war who are left in this city and all the people by speaking words like these to them. For this man is not seeking the well-being of this people, but rather their harm. No freedom of speech there. And King Zedekiah said, Behold, he is in your hands. For the king can do nothing against you. So they took Jeremiah and threw him into the cistern of Malkiah, the the king's son, which was in the courtyard of the guardhouse, and they let Jeremiah down with ropes. Now in the cistern there was no water, but only mud, and Jeremiah sank into the mud. But Aben-Melech, the Ethiopian, a eunuch, 
while he was in the king's palace, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the cistern. Now the king was sitting at the gate of Benjamin, and Abed-Melech went out from the king's palace and spoke to the king, saying, My lord the king, these men have acted wickedly in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have thrown into the cistern. And he will die right where he is because of the famine, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Abed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Take thirty men from here under your authority and bring Jeremiah the prophet up from the cistern before he dies. So Abed-Melech took the men under his authority and and went into the king's palace to a place beneath the storeroom and took from there worn-out clothes and worn-out rags and let them down by ropes into the cistern to Jeremiah. Then Abed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Now these... Now put these worn-out clothes and rags under your armpits, under under the ropes. And Jeremiah did so. So they pu- so they pulled Jeremiah out with the ropes and lifted him out of the cistern. And Jeremiah stayed in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Then King Zedekiah sent word and gathered Jeremiah the prophet. Brought. Uh, Excuse me. Then King Zedekiah sent word and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I am going to ask you something. Do not hide anything from me. Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I tell you, will you not certainly put me to death? Besides, if I give you advice, will you not listen to me? But King Zedekiah swore to Jeremiah in secret, saying, As the Lord lives, who made this life for us, I will I certainly will not put you to death, nor will I hand you over to these men who are seeking your life. So Jer- Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, This is what the Lord God of armies, the God of Israel, says. If you will indeed surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, then you will live. This city will not will not be burned with fire and you and your household will survive. But if you do not surrender to the, to the officials of the king of Babylon, then this city will be handed over to the Chaldeans, and they will burn it with fire, and you yourself will not escape from their hands. Then King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I am in fear of the Jews who have deserted to the Chaldeans, for they may hand me over to them, and, and they will abuse me. But Jeremiah said, they will not turn you over. Please obey the Lord in what I'm saying to you, so that I, so that it may go well for you and you may live. But if you keep refusing to surrender, this is the word the Lord has, has shown me. Behold, all the women who have been left in the palace of the king of Judah are going to be brought out to the officials, or excuse me, to the officers of the king of Babylon. And these, and those women will say, your close, your close friends have misled and overpowered you while your feet were sunk into mire. They turned back. They are also going to bring out all your wives and your sons to Chaldeans, and you yourself will not escape from their hand. 
but will be seized by the hand of the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned with fire. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, let no one, excuse me, let no, let no one know about these words, and you will not die. But if the officials hear that I talked with you and, and come to you and say to you, tell us now what you said to the king and what the king said to you, do not hide it from us and, and we will not put you to death. Then you are to say to them, I was presenting my plea before the king to make me return to the house of Jonathan to die there. Then all the officials came to Jeremiah and questioned him. So he reported to them in accordance with all these words which, which the king had commanded, and they stopped speaking with him since the conversation had not been overheard. Jeremiah stayed at the, in the courtyard of the guard until the day that Jerusalem was captured. Jerusalem, <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 39, Jerusalem captured. Now when Jeremiah, oh, excuse me, here I'm. Now when Jerusalem was captured in the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came to Jerusalem and laid, laid siege to it. In the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, in the ninth day of the month, the city wall was breached. Then all the officials of the king of Babylon came in and sat down at the middle gate. Nergal, Sar, Ezer, Samgar, Nebu, Sar, Sikim, Sekim, the, uh, the Rabsar, Rabsar, excuse me, the Rabsaris. In the footnotes, it says the chief official, Rab, Rab, uh, Rab is a rabbi, Rabsaris. Nergal, Sarazer, uh, the Rabmag, and all the rest of the officials of the king of Babylon. And when Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and all the men of war saw them, they fled and left the city at night by way of the king's garden through the gate between the two walls. And he went out to the Ar But the army of the Chaldeans pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. And they took him and brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, at Riblah, in the land of Hamath, and he passed sentence on them. Then the king of Babylon slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah, Zedekiah before his eyes at Riblah. The king of Babylon also slaughtered all the nobles of Judah. He then blinded Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in shackles of bronze to to bring him to Babylon. The Chaldeans also burned the king's palace and the houses of the people with fire, and they tore down the walls of Jerusalem. And as for the rest of the people who were left in the city, the deserters who, ha who had deserted to him and the rest of the people who remained, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, took them into exile in Babylon. But some of the poorest people who had nothing, Nebuzaradan, the, ca the captain of the bodyguard, left behind in the land of Judah and gave them vineyards and fields at that time. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, 
gave orders regarding Jeremiah through Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, saying, Take him and look after him. Do not do anything harmful to him, but rather deal with him just as he tells you. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, sent word along with Nebuzaradan, the Rabsaris, the chief chief official in the, in the footnotes, uh, Negar, Sar, Ezer, the Rabmag, and all the leading officers of the king of Babylon. They even sent word and took Jeremiah out of the courtyard of the guardhouse and entrusted him to Gadaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, to take him home. So he stayed among the people. Now the word of the Lord had come to Jeremiah while he was confined in the courtyard of the guardhouse, saying, Go and speak to Abed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, Behold, I am going to bring my words on this city for disaster and not for prosperity, and they will take place before you on that day. But I will save you on that day, declares the Lord, and you will not not be handed over to the men of whom you are afraid. For I will assuredly rescue you, and you will not fall by the sword. But you you will have your own life as plunder, because you have trusted in me, declares the Lord. Last chapter of Jeremiah, before we go into a few Psalms, and then I'll get to your uh, questions in live chat. Jeremiah chapter 40. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, had released him from Ramah when he had taken him bound in chains among all the exiles of Jerusalem and Judah and Judah who were being exiled to Babylon. Now the captain of the bodyguard had taken Jeremiah and said to him, The Lord your God promised this disaster against this place, and the Lord has brought it and done just as he promised, because you you people sinned against the Lord and did not listen to his voice. This thing has happened to you. But now, behold, I am setting you free today from the chains that are on your hands. If you would prefer to come with me to Babylon, come along, and I will look after you. But if you would prefer to come with me to Babylon, do excuse me, if you prefer not to come with me to Babylon, do not come. Look, the whole land is before you. Go wherever it seems good and right for you to go. As Jeremiah was still not going back, he said, Go on back then to Gadaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon had appointed over the cities of Judah, and stay with him among the people, or else go anywhere it seems right for you to go. So the captain of the bodyguard gave him a ration and a gift, and let him go. Then Jeremiah went to Mizpah, to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and stayed with him among the people whom were left in the land. Now all the commanders of the forces that were in the field, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, over the land, and that he had put him in charge of the men, women, and children, those of the poorest 
of the of the land had not been exiled to Babylon. So they came to Galilee at Mizpah along with Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, Yohanan, and Jonathan, uh, the sons of Kareah, Sariah, the son of Tanhumath, uh, the sons of Aphai, the Natafathite, and Yazaniah, the son of the Machathite, both they and their men. Then Gadaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, swore to them and to their men, saying, Do not be afraid of serving the Chaldeans. Say, Stay in the land and serve the king of Babylon so that it may go well for you. Now as for me, behold, I am going to stay in Mizpah to stand for you before the Chaldeans come to us. But as for you, gather wine, summer fruit, and oil, and put them in your storage vessels, and live in cities that, that you have taken over. Likewise, also all the Jews who were in Moab, and among the sons of Ammon and Edom, and who were in all countries, heard that the king of Babylon had, let, had left a remnant for Judah, and that he had appointed over them Gadaliah, son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan. Then all the Jews returned from all the places to which they had been scattered and came to the land of Judah, to Gadaliah at Mizpah, and gathered wine and summer fruit in great abundance. Now Yehonan, the son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces that were in the field, came to Gadaliah at Mizpah and said to him, are you well aware that Baalis, the king of the sons of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, to take your life? But Gadaliah, the son of Ahikam, did not believe them. Then Yehonan, the son of Korea, spoke secretly to Gadaliah in Mizpah, saying, Let me go and kill Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, and no one, no one will know. Why should he take your life? so that all the Jews who are gathered to you would be scattered and the remnant of Judah would perish. But Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, said to Yehonan, the son of Kareah, Do not do this thing, for you are telling a lie about Ishmael. Okay, so uh, we'll read two more Psalms. We got Psalm 74. Psalm 74, a maskil of Asaf, maskil of Asaf. Maskil says in the footnotes, possibly contemplative or didactic or skillful psalm. Verse 1, God, why have you rejected us forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe in your, in your, uh, excuse me, of your inheritance, and this Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Step forward, excuse me. Step toward the irreparable ruins. The enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Your adversaries have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They have set up their own signs as signs. 
It seems like one bringing up his axe into the forest of trees. And now they break down all its carved work with, with axe and hammers. They have burned your, your sanctuary to the ground. They have defiled the dwelling place of your name. They said in their heart, let's completely subdue them. They have burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, nor is there anyone among us who knows how long. How long, God, will the enemy taunt you? Shall the enemy treat your name disrespect, disres, excuse me, disrespectfully forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Extend it from your chest and destroy them. Yet God is my king from long ago, who performs acts of salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the, of the sea monsters in the waters, in the footnotes on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. Again, in the footnotes, it says sea monster. By the way, the description of Leviathan in Job sounds a lot like a dragon. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You broke open strings and, excuse me, you broke open springs and torrents. You dried up ever-flowing ever streams. Yours is the day. Yours also is the night. You have prepared the light and the sun. You have established all the boundaries of the earth. You have created summer and winter. Remember this, Lord, that the enemy has taunted you, and a foolish people has treated your name disrespectfully. Do not give your so do not give the soul of your turtle dove to the wild animal. Do not forget the life of your afflicted forever. Consider consider the covenant for the dark places of the land are full of the place of violence. May the oppressed person not return dishonored. May the afflicted and the needy praise your name. Arise, God, and plead your own cause. Remember how, how the foolish person taunts you all the day. Do not forget the voice of your adversaries. The, the uproar of those who rise against you, will as which ascends continually. Psalm 79, Psalm of Asaph, verse 1. God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the dead bodies of your servants to the birds of the sky as food, the flesh of your godly ones to the animals of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem. And there was no one to bury them. We have become a disgrace before our neighbors and, and a, an object of derision and ridicule to those around us. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath upon the nations which do not know you and upon the kingdoms which do not call upon your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his settlement. Do not hold us responsible for the guilty deeds of, of our forefathers. Let your compassion come quickly to meet us, 
for we have become very low. Help us, God of our salvation, for the, for the glory of your name. And save us and forgive our sins for the sake of your name. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Let vengeance for the, for the blood of your servants, which has been shed, be known among the nations in our sight. Let the groaning of the prisoner come before you. According to the greatness of your power, let those who are doomed to die remain. And return to our neighbors seven times as much into their lap, their taunts, with which they have taunted you, Lord. So we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture will give thanks to you forever. To all generations we will tell of your praise. And that concludes our scripture reading for tonight. Laura asked a question, what do you know about the white stones with seven eyes in Zechariah? They gave me that. It, uh, is it the plumb line? the seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11. I I could not really comment on that. Uh, I would not think that the white stones are the seven spirits of God, although they, I mean, they could represent that. The white stone with seven eyes. Sorry, white stone with seven eyes. Yeah, it could represent that. Um, keep in mind, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you probably know this, but even for the other ones that are listening, you know, the, the number seven is not always... Uh, like literal mathematical, it could be, you know, it can mean like all encompassing, uh, complete, like the seven eyes, um, the white stone with the seven eyes in Zechariah. So, yeah. Very good question. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, 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 Laura said Revelation chapter one is all, all about that. Yeah. The seven spirits of God. Yes. Yeah, I'm aware of the seven spirits of God in Isaiah chapter 11 and, and, and that kind of thing. Blake, um, Blake says, uh, the Lord called Mary, Joseph, and Yeshua out of Egypt as well. Yeshua and Israel run very parallel. Yeah, uh, Yeshua, as you know, you read in the Gospels, uh, very, very much parallel with, with Israel in the sense that he was born in the Holy Land, like Israel. Um, went to Egypt for to escape death and then came back to the holy land came through basically you know the uh, the jordan river you know we have yeshua that was baptized in the jordan river there's a lot of parallels for sure yes a lot of parallels we we go live by the grace of god every single day from uh, seven days a week actually but uh, six days a week, we, we go live at 7 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. New York time. And uh, every Saturday, we go live 2 p.m. Eastern. From time to time, we have guests on. And uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll, we'll have uh, some more guests in the near future. Uh, usually on the weekends, uh, we have guests come on. But some, it depends on if, if, there's a, if there's a special guest that is only available during the week, then I'll make an exception and you know, squeeze in uh, a guest during the week. We'll see how, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that is, um, that's the, that's the outlook. Now, what we're going to do here is we're going to read through Jeremiah after we're done. Jeremiah, I'm not talking about tonight, but I'm talking about like, you know, the next few days 
After we're, after we're done, Jeremiah, I'm going to go into the apocryphal book of Baruch, okay, and read some of the books of Baruch. Blake says, would you consider Enoch extra biblical or Tanakh? I'm not, a, I'm not a big one on Bible canon, right? So I don't think that Bible canon is really of God. I think that God wants us to read each book individually of itself uh, and read it for what it really is in and of itself, each book as a standalone book. That's what I think is the best best way to read it. So, uh, you know, having said that, I you know, Enoch is, I do believe that much of Enoch, especially the first part of it, is legit. Uh, it's obviously parts of, and we're talking about the first book of Enoch, right? The uh, Ethiopian Enoch. So I believe the first part, at least the first good part of it, is is legitimate, um, is uh, is the real deal. Now, obviously, there has been additions on it, like there has been excerpts from the book of Noah and so on and so forth. So there are multiple authors, but Definitely should be uh, something that should be read right alongside all the rest of Scripture, for sure. Uh, definitely not rejected. Definitely to be read as as uh, as part of Scripture. Absolutely. Thank you for asking, Blake. Uh, so Laura says, In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Uh, so assuming that's what your question was about, who is this? I believe it is Yeshua, like in a glorified state, almost like uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration. I believe he probably had a very similar appearance. Okay, guys. Well, it seems like it's a it's an earlier night tonight. So um, uh, as always... Uh, it's been a blessing, uh, and you guys, I, you guys are awesome. I appreciate every each and every one of you. We do this every single night, by the way. If you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe and follow, and make sure you got those notifications on so you know when I go live. Uh, especially if I go live on the on off times, which it has happened once in a blue moon, it has happened. So, um, so yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it, each and every one of you. Blessings multiplied to each one of you, and may. Today's scripture reading and today's discussion discussion in the live chat be a wonderful uh, blessing to you. All right. All right. So I'll see you guys tomorrow night. As always, as always, and Laura says, may the Lord sanctify you through and through. Thank you. Multiplied back to you. Sanctify you through and through. Definitely. Rachel says, thank you for your time and teaching. Thank you, Rachel for your kind words of encouragement. Thank you. Okay, I will see you tomorrow night, 7 p.m. As always, I pray for each one of you. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen, amen. See you tomorrow night.